Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Autism Stories. I'm your host, Doug Bletcher, the founder of Autism Personal Coach. Autistic people are the true experts of the autistic experience, and Autism Stories is where we interview autistic people to learn from their stories, experiences, and get their insights. If you'd like to be notified about each week's episode of Autism Stories, we suggest you subscribe on your favorite podcast listening platform. We would also appreciate it if you could give us a positive rating and review, as it will help others to learn about Autism Stories. As autistics, getting support and mentorship from our fellow autistics can be life-changing. That's why in today's episode of Autism Stories, I'm thrilled to talk with Anna Aragon about how autistics grow from peer mentorship, what makes someone a good mentor, and all the things that Anna loves. We hope you enjoy today's conversation. Anna, thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you, Doug. It's very nice to be here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. I wanted to start out and just kind of learn where your story in the autistic community begins. Yeah, that's a funny one. I moved to the UK when I was 18, completely by myself. And it was sort of this adventure to come and study film here. And then during my film degree, I was diagnosed as autistic and that made a lot of sense. (laughs) And I had no idea what autism even was before then. And when I got diagnosed, I did finish my film degree, but then I decided that film wasn't it for me. It was my special interest and that's great, but I just decided to go into psychology, had the, and yeah, I did my autism specialization, psychology masters, all of the things that I needed to do so I could work in this field now, and I love it. What made you kind of decide that even though you love film, that that wasn't like career-wise, like the path for you? Yeah, I think it was just this calling of, I went through this journey of figuring out who I was and what made sense for me and it meant so much. It changed life for me in every single way, I think. And I just needed to share that back. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the most important thing. I just realized that film is great, but I need to support other autistic people. I need to make sure that other autistic people have access to this journey as well. And I think that's what I'm doing now. At least it feels right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and right now you're the director of Autistic Thoughts. And one of the things that your company does is provide peer mentorships uh, to other autistic folks. And one of the ways you, you do that is through communication facilitation mentorship. This sounds, I think, really important because I think we as autistics are certainly often misunderstood. So how do you go about improving communication misunderstandings and as a result, help autistics in feeling more connected to others? Yeah, that's a great question. I do think that's an important mentorship. And I must admit that a lot of the times people that have individual one-to-one mentorships then include that one too with other family members or partners that they have. Sometimes people come for me just for that one in specific, but it's mainly because I come from a developmental psychology type of background. I look at people 
for what they are, their communication styles, and I try to help them deeply connect with each other and meet in the middle, understand each other in ways they didn't before, because the way sometimes autistic people communicate and how we need or needs to be met is not the same as neurotypicals or other brain types. So it's just about making people together alongside each other realize that and start meeting each other's needs more than anything. Realizing that conflict is not something that needs to be bad. It can be something that we grow from, that we build a stronger relationship through, especially if you're doing it in a calm way. All of our feelings are okay. All of the things that come up are okay. It's just about how we react to them, how we feel, and how we make them known to other people. Something I think that's so helpful is when people understand what their autism, you know, specifically means means to them and how it impacts their life. So I'm wondering if your mentoring helps people in this area of their life. Definitely. That's literally the point. The point of, and that's why I like the word mentoring, it's because I see it as the perfect marriage between coaching and therapy. I am able to assist people so much more through this method and everything. But the idea is to help people understand their brain better, understand the things that we can't control, we need to accept, like our emotions and our sensory processing. But then once we accept and process those, there's this other side of our conscious mind that we can actually control. And that's our thoughts, our reactions, the way we present ourselves. And tapping into that, learning to trust yourself, learning to trust your decision-making skills, learning that if there, if there's space to make mistakes, that it's okay because we are all human, but we can learn from them and we can decide to do better next time. That's the journey. I like to see it as, a lot of people have this idea of walls as defense mechanisms and most humans come up with those and they build those throughout life. And with their journey with me, we slowly take down those walls in comfortable steps, little by little. And at the same time, we build something that I like to describe as an armor made out of light. That is this powerful thing that you carries you through life and makes you feel safe within yourself, makes you feel secure, makes you feel like you can trust yourself, you're capable, and it's okay, it's great to be you. Now, it seems in your life that supporting other autistic folks is really important to you, as it is to me. So I wanted to talk a little bit about those that are mentors at Autistic Thoughts. What would make someone a good fit to be a mentor? Yeah, that's a great question. I think it's really important that the person has this light armor themselves. So it's important to have that and have the tools, know how you got there in order to take people through that journey, in order to be able to teach it back. So a lot of the times I work with my mentors before they go and start doing that with people on the journey themselves and make sure that they have that confidence, that they know they can trust themselves. So then when they are with people, that's the energy, you know, of self-trust, self-reliance. Also knowing that independence is not always the best thing it's okay to sometimes have support and that's what we are here providing too that deep connection that sometimes it's great to do things on your own sometimes you can come to me and i'll help you through things and it's okay for us to be together to be connected the two of them go hand in hand so yeah that armor is the most important thing in my 
mentors, I would say. Yeah, I tell people quite often independence is a myth. It's all about interdependence. Exactly, yeah. It's about w learning what works for you, like always, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yes. Now, something else Autistic Thoughts does is provide training to companies. I saw where you talked about companies hiring autistic employees and expect them to perform neurotypicalism. So what would you say that are some of these common expectations that are expected of autistic employees that are not helpful to them at all? There's so much to it because different companies are making different mistakes and are going about it in different ways. I talk about this quite often because I think it's the main one. There's a lot of companies out there making a lot of noise about inclusion and diversity, but then once they attract the neurodivergent people and once they attract this type of employee, they just automatically bin everything out the window and principles go and the things that they say in theory never get put into practice. and that is very difficult because it leaves autistic people in a very confusing situation. You promised me all of these things, but then you're not delivering now. So is it my fault? Is it what is happening? And it does put people into this like bubble of, is it me? Is it them? And it's just not fair because it's not the autistic person. The autistic person was promised lots of things. They are just not being delivered. And that sometimes looks like promises to be able to work at home as often as they would like that are not fulfilled or promises of having more written communication rather than verbal but then the autistic person gets calls all the time anyway and no one really respects it it really differs from person to person because autistic people are also all different so we need different things and realizing that that there's no a one-size-fits-all type of deal when it comes to employment is the most important thing, I would say. Now, when you provide training for companies uh, to best work with autistic employees, are there like one or two things that you hope that these companies take away from the, the training that you provide? Definitely. I used to provide the trainings in person and now I'm starting to do more of a video format so people can rewatch them as often as they would like, which I think is working better for me as an autistic person myself, <laughs> which is also good, figuring out that type of thing. But in either case, I would like businesses and companies to understand that we are all different not just as autistic people, as people in general. We are all different. And coming from a place where you ask questions, does this work for you? Does this not work for you? What would you prefer? Do you like doing these things this, this way or this way? Understanding how people think rather than just assuming you know is a, something that I really want companies to understand. And also that we all have biases and it's really hard to escape them. But if we start asking questions, if we take a step back and see people from this clean slate, then things start working a lot better. We can actually make use of people's talents and we can all actually feel valued and succeed in our roles.
Now, I, I, these days I try to honor my limitations as much as possible. And, and what, yeah. one of the things that that means for me is doing in-person stuff as little as possible. So, Same. <laughs> yeah. So you were talking about like, you know, now you're offering more of these trainings, you know, kind of online recordings, to, you know, to companies. Are you getting pushback from that as a result? I've had situations where the company got the video and then they requested if I could go in person afterwards. And it's not that I wouldn't, but it kind of also depends. I have a really hard time traveling and doing that type of thing. So now what I request is if I can take my do support dog. And if they say yes, I'll be there. If they say no, the video is enough for you then. <laughs> I think it's about that. It's realizing I feel safe if I have my dog outside of the house. I feel less safe if I don't have him. So that's what works for me. And if a company is willing to adapt to me as a training provider, they are going to be slightly more able to demonstrate that they can adapt to their employees as well, rather than a company that can't even adapt to a training provider, if that makes sense too. So it's good to know what people are willing to do. And beyond this interview, how can people learn about you and Autistic Thoughts? Yeah, I feel like a lot of people don't know this, but I'm not a big social media person. The only social media I have right now is LinkedIn. And sometimes that's overwhelming enough on its own. But yes, LinkedIn is the best place to reach out to me. My email is also very easy because it's just Anna at autistic-thoughts.com and our website. That's always a very easy way. And you can book initial consultations with me directly from there and start your beautiful journey of getting this light armor. Mm -hmm. And besides uh, supporting other autistic people, I'm curious, what are some of the things you love? That is a wonderful question. So I've mentioned, of course, as an autistic person that I am, I had to insert my special interests in the conversation. <laughs> so I've mentioned a couple of them already. I am, yeah, a film buff by a long mile. I have my Star Wars tattoos. And that's the thing about being autistic is I am a whole professional that has hand tattoos. There are Star Wars hand tattoos and they never stopped me once. And I show them and I move my hands on camera and I have the Lord of the Rings one did match my name, <laughs> everything. And yeah, films are a big one. And then I think the second bigger one or equal, I would say, nowadays maybe even bigger, is my animals. I love my pets. I have two cats and a dog and they just, they changed my life as well. They, they brought so much to my life and I can't thank them enough. <laughs> It's interesting you bring up Star Wars because during the pandemic, during the lockdown, me and my partner, we watched um, all of the Star Wars in order. And, and looking back on it, because I had seen like the earlier ones, I guess four, five and six. I was not as big of a fan of those when I rewatched it like 30 years later. I don't, I don't know what your experience is with uh, the Star Wars movies. Yeah, I think it's I grew up with the original ones yeah so i love them because of that 
I don't know how many times I rewatched those films, especially episode four and five <laughs> when I was younger. But my husband, for example, he had never watched any of them. And when he watched them when we first started dating, he was like, I don't understand how you like the first ones. All the new ones are okay. The the, the original trilogy, not so much. And I was like, how? <laughs> I was like, what are you saying? But I see it. I, I like Star Wars for everything else that it brought me. It brought me comics, it brought me this whole universe, this whole world of imagination. It got me to like escape when I wanted to, which is why I also like Lord of the Rings, all of these worlds, all of these fantasies. As an autistic person, especially if you're a young kid that is going through quite a lot, they were mechanisms to be able to be okay and recover and I'm very thankful for that. That's why I have them as reminders. That's what the tattoos are for me, like reminders of the things that got me out of dark places type of thing. Hmm. Well, I love that. And I think a lot of people can relate to uh, what you just expressed about Star Wars and, and all of those kind of world building fantasies. So, and I really appreciate the time today. Thanks so much for joining me. Of course. Thank you. This was lovely. Thanks so much to Anna for the conversation. To learn more about Anna and Artistic Thoughts, please check out the link in the podcast description of this episode. Did you know that Autism Personal Coach provides neurodiversity-affirming support by autistics for autistics through our customized coaching? If this is something that you're interested in learning more about, please visit autismpersonalcoach.com for more information. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Autism Stories, and if you did, if you could tell a friend, foe, or anyone you know about it so they could have the same enjoyable and educational experience as you when listening to Autism Stories, it would be very much appreciated. Until next time, I'm Doug Bletcher of Autism Personal Coach. Talk to you then.